Um, what are we doing right Whoa. now? We're going to give away t-shirts. Boom, boom, boom. Ow, ow. I think we're out of shirts. No, I think we have a few more left, right? We do. <laughs> yeah, we do have a few more I left. like a extra, tons of shirts. Extra oh smalls. Yeah. Mm, but we had 12 reviews warehouse. this last week. 12? That's not Yeah, that I know. It's not so special, but like, not too bad. It's kind of like, meh. It's kind of midway. You better leave a review, man. What are we going to do about that? If you leave a review, you're probably going to win a t-shirt. Honestly, how many shirts are we giving away? This time, we're going to give away three. Okay, so 12 people left the review. We gave away three shirts. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what, is the, what are the odds yeah. now? That's not yeah. how I want to direct people to give her. This is how I want to direct people to give reviews. You know how I like to keep it real here. We share everything. And I want you guys to know that. And, and Sal just shared keep this with real. me the other day. No, this is, this is true shit right here. Uh-oh. The best part about these reviews is that uh, you know we're human, so we go through our ups and downs, <laughs> and there's times when we're feeling sad yeah, and pick de- me up, and and literally nothing makes me feel more better inside That's than re- than reading reviews. And every one of the guys in here has said that because we read all of them. Yeah, sometimes we go, sometimes I go like a week or so before I catch up to the ones ones from the previous week. But I tell you what, I, I always, anytime I'm feeling down or it's frustrated true. or, you Insert know, and your music. you know, the business just feels so daunting. And the, and just when I thought I could see the light in the tunnel, it just got further away. Like, then I go on the reviews and I get on there and I just, it makes me feel so it's warm. It's actually true. No, it's yeah. true. I'm, I'm dead serious. So yeah. that's tingly. So if you don't do it for a shirt, you know, do it for Sal. Do it for wow. <laughs> yeah. Help do it on me. Okay. <laughs> that's a good idea. All right. Let me read these off. We got... Alive. Thank that's you. spelled A H L I V. Oh, that's why you said it like that. Oh. Now you're getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Doug, leave the weirdness to us. Yeah, 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 down yeah. Your pants. yeah right. <laughs> what the hell? Holy moly in cannoli. Holy <laughs> moly in cannoli. TD Fitness. All three of you are winners of a brand new sparkling mind pump t shirt. Yes. And uh, yes. it's black on black mind pump. Mm. TD Fitness. Is that it. our boy Travis Dillard? Give you a I don't know. Attack. I have no idea. Mm. I wonder. Shout out to Dillard. Dillard. So here we are. Uh, if you send your name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Also, your shirt size, your shipping address, we'll get that to you quickly. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Oh, great Gatsby. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. We just That's re- my new we, yeah. We just recorded a Q&A and we answered another uh question about how to find a good trainer and we talked about a proper assessment again. Holy and, shit. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this several times Whoa. and we're not giving people a good solution. So let's why don't, what, we're why gonna, don't we, we're going to do an assessment, bro? That's what I'm saying. Let's rip, let's rip out. Let's put together a free assessment for people. Free, yes, free. So it'll be on our site, uh, Doug. Can we make that like a pop up? Like they go to mindpumpmedia.com and the it'll be a pop up that comes up, and we're going to have our hands in it, us three. So personal, we're yes. we're personally going to answer. Personalize. They it. will. Feel, okay. We won't be able to run it for a very long time because if we. Get I was a, just going to say because yeah. if we get too many people, we might not right. be able to continue. We'll, so we'll, as long as we can, we will personally. So in other words, not as long as we can. We need to put a date on it. Doug, how long do you think we should do it for? Seven days, ten days. Let's do seven days. Seven days seven from this. Days? Seven days from when you hear this. So seven days from when you hear from this. The first there, fifty people. There's going to be a free or yeah, the first, or f- first fifty people. Okay, whatever so first comes fifty first. or seven, whichever comes there you first. Go. Uh, you're going to see an assessment pop up. Um, it's going to be probably around 10 to 20 questions. You are going to hear personally from either uh, from all of us, me, Adam, and Justin, and we're going to assess you and recommend what you need to do. 
Um, The other thing that we talked about um, in this episode coming up was someone asked about how to maximize performance while building in a very aesthetic physique. And we recommended that they, you know, do maps aesthetic and maps performance because those are the the best programs. Well, and we've been getting this is I'm glad we're addressing this finally because I've gotten a ton of people inboxing about about how do they combine that? Yeah. And we don't have a bundle for that. We don't have something that's for green and black. We don't. So so we want to make a bundle with maps performance and maps aesthetic bundle them together. Discounted mindpumpmedia.com. The sexy athlete bundle. Sexy. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But should we throw something else in there with it? Well, let's teaching show, people how to blend it. Yeah, let's teach because here's the other thing too, right? You can go green, you can go black, and then some people want to try to to mix. Which yeah, how do you fuse that? This is how I this is how I train right now. Which this is kind of what uh, really inspired me to want to do this was because I've been getting tons of people asking for it already. Plus, this is kind of how I train. I train if Maps Performance had a baby with Maps Black. That's how what I would. And get. So, yeah. so this is so we're gonna put something in there, almost like a mod or whatever, teaching people how to blend them together. Yeah, so if, you're doing them both simultaneously. If you if you already own black, that's gonna take some programming work on our yeah, part. Yeah, we got that. If All you right. if you own black and green, you're already gonna get it for free. Of course, we got to give those people that for free. Yeah, yeah. If you have it, you get it for free. Teach it's, them how to blend them. Yes, absolutely. but if you don't uh, and you want maps aesthetic, maps performance, we're gonna bundle them together, discount them, so you get them for a lower rate price than if you got them individually. Plus, get this mod that's gonna teach you how to how to do them both at the same time simultaneously. Hell yeah! Mind Pump Media. .com. Ooh, sexy athlete. Real quick, Doug said something earlier that was uh, interesting. Doug, mm. what uh, what level do you have my dial at, my volume dial? Yeah, Sal, you're at two and a half. What's Adam and Justin at? Mm-hmm. Adam's a little over three, and Justin's at three and a half. Wow. Yeah, that means you're the most ear piercing. It means... <laughs> It, it it means you guys are your asshole. Do that again. Do that again. Just, just pierces right really sound, through the abyss. Do I really sound, sound like that? <laughs> no. Fuck, I hope not. Well, we, I listened to the I show. Don't know. You didn't ask the listeners. No, the way, I I, the way <laughs> all I'm saying is you guys need more assistance to match oh, my, is, is my, that, my voice oh, power. That's where you're going my with voice, that. My voice, my voice power. I've got the voice power. I was just no, like, sometimes I must be relaxed. When we first got here and I put the the headphones on, I was like, "Fuck, Doug, why is Sal so?" It's just you're piercing sometimes, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Justin and I, are, I have this sultry voice where it's right. like it's soothing. You feel so relaxed and comfortable listening <laughs> yeah, to us. You, you could <laughs> like, you could do errands listening to us. <laughs> yeah. You could you know watch daytime TV listening to us. I'm fucking dying you know, over here. Touch yourself listening to us. <laughs> Whatever. Is it really like that? But you then know, Sal, he's like. Nah! <laughs> Wake up, everybody! Good morning. Wait a minute. What? My voice is relatively low. Okay, so first of all, stop that high shit. All right. All okay. Right. It's obviously not that low. If I had to go from Kermit to something else. No, because if if uh, what's that? What's the dude's name that played fucking Darth Vader's voice? James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones. Okay. Thank if you. James Earl Jones died, was that James what do you think about Pfizer? If I if, win, if James Earl Jones was on the show right now, if he was behind the mic, do you think Doug would have to turn it up or down to you, listen to his voice? You have to turn it up. No, mm. you wouldn't. Yes, bro, you wouldn't even need a mic. He would have to turn it up. Yeah. Don't agree with them, Doug. James Earl Jones. I'm not. Don't, don't be on their side again. Yeah, he sounds closer to me and just like he sounds like you. The galaxy. My relationship with Doug is strained. Yeah. <laughs> Lately, <laughs> it's been strained. Do you feel like he's getting pulled away from you? I you do. would be more like a. Um, PB Herman? Like no, like a yeah, uh, dude, you nailed it. Uh, what's her face? <laughs> we just talked about her. Did you say her? Yeah. What's her face? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
uh, what uh, Ellen. You'd be like Ellen. You know, if Ellen was on the show, that's Doug Sounds would have like to like an Ellen. Yeah, Doug would hmm. have to turn her her down. What does that make like us, it? dude? Like we're like James Earl Jones, hey, Rosie O'Donnell. El- <laughs> exactly. No, damn it, Ellen's not bad. I mean, she gets. You know, if we look at the ladies, her that voice she's is a little with, her her voice is a little whiny, just yeah, like but she's, she's funny. But people, women love Which, her. I don't see that. You know, what I'm saying? You know really with yeah. you. You know, I'm gonna teach you how to hold a fork properly, Adam. It's like a shovel. You hold uh, it like a you hold it like like, like a shovel. Like he a kid, didn't get like the, like a kid eating cereal. Yeah, the manners course. He, he like he like fists the fork, uh. um, and then he scoops it into it. He shovels it into his gullet, and <laughs> then into the gullet and stuffs his cheeks. That's a great word. And chews, uh, and uh, then continues. Did you to, guys to grow up with like strict manners rules? Oh yeah, yeah. You did? I, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely. Like, For I, reals? Yeah. If you were to eat uh, eat at a table, you wouldn't see me put my elbows on the table, and I'd have my my right. fork. And yeah, no. I wait a minute. Wait a minute. Put the napkin. I don't in your eat. Lap. That, I eat that way when I'm in Tupperware yeah. and I'm sitting behind a mic and I'm trying to shovel it down so we can get going. I, 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 I normally would not eat like. I that. have a question for you then because I've heard about the whole elbows on the table thing. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm. Is that real? Is that really bad manners? Yeah. yeah. The elbows how? Like when I'm eating or anytime? No, when you put anytime, elbows dude. or the or it, when you chew with your mouth open like you do a lot, those mm-hmm. two things mm-hmm. are like super yeah. mm-hmm. no-no, bro. Mm-hmm. I would get slapped upside the head. But that's cultural too, though. Like, you know, you, you could you go... <laughs> Hold on, are we get racist? It's yes. totally Italian. It is. Oh, my right? God. You guys just <laughs> stick the fork in the spaghetti and go... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Iri- Irish people and Mexicans are super. They got great manners at the of dinner course table, right, do. guys? Yeah, because <laughs> we eat with our hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. at, least, at least we clean it up with a tortilla, yeah. bro. Hey, Come on, man. give Heidi tidy over all here. All my, all my potatoes drinks. are fucking doing Actually, job. Justin, I, I, I hate to say because I like you so much, but you can't, you cannot fucking clown me on this. I know because I, I get God, shit all over me, <laughs> bro. I know this. You do you do realize that Justin gets like sixty percent of his bro. food in his bro? Mouth. He loses a good two three hundred calories a day. From just that, <laughs> dude. You know, like I had great manners, and I just I was like anything else. But I, like, I revolt. Sometimes, but like you'll eat a salad, I'm, yeah. You'll some, eat a salad, and then like, you, like half your face is shiny from the olive oil. <laughs> why? Why do you think I don't have like, a beard, dude? Like, I don't do want do? like leftovers. Oh, yeah, you would be a mess. You know Sometimes when I'm really hungry, I just take food off his face. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just fucking hungry. You know, he's what? always wiping. He I'm, sure, it off. I'm sure Justin's got some food left on his face. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> No, it happened the other day. We were eating at the Purple Onion, and I, I showed up Shut late. Because I tried, uh, no, really, it's not on my face. I tried to take. Nobody says anything anymore, Justin. We're over it now. <laughs> Son of a bitch! But I, I took the back roads. You guys aren't good friends. <laughs> I took the back roads, and I was late because I'm fucking lost all the time. And I walk in, you guys are still eating, and Justin's face. It, it's, it looks like it looks like it looks like he eats without a fork. <laughs> I mean, who's got time for that shit? <laughs> Ain't nobody got no time for that shit. You, you roll up on him, you're like, bro, you, you don't use your fork. Or well, what? it Is looks it? like it looks like he went up to the fawns and, and nuzzled his head with his face. That's how much oil he had <laughs> all over yeah. his face. I'm like, what happened? Like, yeah, what your face, bro? You got a fight with your salad. It's, it's, <laughs> shit, I wish I still had a pompadour. I could used all- it for that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. well, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. That's it on my face. Now, were you were you this way as a kid? Or as a kid, did you get it all over you? I don't. I have no idea, dude. This or is this... all news to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys oh, are like. So we're better. Oh, we're obvious. Like we're just gonna show you all your flaws. No, 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 no. no, <laughs> no. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Hello. dude. Literally on this exact episode, you were making voices trying to say Listen, that's how I sound. No, it's no cuz my wife is the, the biggest, you know, critic of like how I eat and how I I was going to say I would feel like Courtney Oh my would... god, she calls me out all the time. Please. Does she really? Yeah, oh yeah. It's because you know what though? Okay, to give you credit, th- this is why. At, Justin is a passionate person. <laughs> he eats he, passionately. Think think about, he, hey, he th- puts his face listen, in that shit. Listen, listen. Think about how I eat that pussy, girl. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Right? I get in. I get in. Oh, my God. My wife is going to hate me for that joke. Oh, shit. She's going to get No ass for you for at least a week. You bring the door back. edit. He opens the door. You're like, bro, you've been eating a salad? Looks like olive oil. He's like, no. Nah, just that pussy. Just that pussy. Your mom's. Hey, so. Boom. Hey, you know what, though? I would rather see the food all over your face and listen to Sal chew food because Sal chews with his mouth open. And that do is I really? Weird. Oh yes, my god! Yeah. Yes, you've never yeah. told me this before. Yes, I have. I tell you all the time, but just subtly. I'm not a dick about it. I'm just like, hey, bro, choose your mouth. Yeah, because you're not a dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just announced it on air. Yeah. That's all. Stop, stop pretending like you take people's feelings into consideration <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, I don't tell anybody, but I'll tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, I won't tell you about so, tell. I'll tell our audience. So, so I chew yeah. with my mouth open. You didn't. Know, you really didn't know that. No. No one's told you that? No, no girlfriend's really? ever said, honey, you're, yeah. honey, you're smacking your gums when you... No. Wow. No. Okay, well, I'm telling you now. Really? Right. I'm going to pay attention next time I'm eating. Uh, okay. If I do that with my uh, mouth. I'll, now that we've talked about it, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll be like, hey, I'll just give you that kind of yeah, nod. Yeah. I mean... In I'll, I'll look over and go, how's that food, bro? Yeah. <laughs> how's, it, how's it tasting? In, in rea- it sounds good from here. Sounds, sounds awesome. In yeah. reality, I'd say you probably... Adam probably does have the best etiquette now that I'm thinking about it mm. when he's eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, you know, kind of makes up uh, for his... Except for when it's on air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but it, it, because I think that there's always a balance, right? Like if you're an asshole, then you have to be very... You know, like you know, proper. proper when you eat, right? I see. So that's how it works. It that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. If you're an asshole, you have to eat. You know it. He's yeah. got to eat and clean. You know, it's the whole cleaning thing. I think you he's, jerk. he's really worried about. I think it is that. I think it's just I, I'm I'm like I also you're I over, always overly clean. Like I won't mm-hmm. sit down to eat something either unless I have a napkin in my opposite hand. Because, really? Yeah, I have a habit of like even just wiping my face because just because I've you know I I think at one point was like Justin where. Well, you know, you know what it is? I've totally grown into our mantra, zero fucks. <laughs> just I, I, I'm just like the old guy that's like, oh, yeah? yeah that, that annoy you? Fuck you. <laughs> you know? I feel like Justin's the type of guy we'd be at a restaurant eating and he'd get some shit on his face and he'd just wipe it with his shirt real quick. Like, <laughs> over or wipe it, like or wipe it with your shirt. Shut his shoulder. Come here, dude. The, the tablecloth. Yeah. Just wipe his whole yeah. face off it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dainty. Oh. Here it is. <laughs> Today's Quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking Quaw. The eagle has landed. All right, our first question is from Blackout Blade. Blackout Blade. How do you guys feel about fat grips and bars? Um, Ooh, let's get fat. <laughs> yeah, fat grips. Well, he, he asked that's, a, we, that's a little insensitive, don't you think? He, I like to call you, them husky. Yeah. Husky he, grips. He asked if we thought it like uh, defeated the purpose, like if you're if it's just going to fatigue your forearms early when you're trying to work like a back or something else out. So what do we thought? So changing, first and foremost, your grip uh, is really important when it comes to activating the rest of your body. So Mm. when you're lifting weights, if you're kind of half gripping the bar, which I see all the time, I see dudes grip the bar with their fingertips when they're curling because they think they think it works their bicep more or you know they'll go thumbless on a lot of lifts. Oh, Uh, that's funny you say that. That was just I was you know um, trolling through uh, what's his name Stepani. 
Oh, our to, friend. Yeah, oh, our yeah. old buddy. Yeah. And he did a. He did a. You know he has a he, PhD, right? He, yeah. <laughs> he only fucking tells everybody every five seconds. He, uh, our buddy Jim. He did a thing on bicep curls like that where he relaxed grip, and he actually teaches that. He teaches a lat pull down with a relaxed grip, and he teaches a bicep curl with just your fingertips. So he teaches that. Wow. I know. Why? Yeah. I know. That's just goes right in the 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 topic that we talked about with the declining, I can't believe he de- teaches declining that. male. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. just be relaxed hey. about it, guys. <laughs> just just yeah. give just yeah. give yeah. in to it. Don't put too much effort. I, yeah. you know, who so, cares if who cares if women have a stronger grip than yeah. you? It's no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Well, let them pass you up. So you're yeah. It's Adam's fine. referring to a study that was just done because I don't know if that episode will air before this one. That shows that showed that millennial men have the same grip strength as women do nowadays. So. Anyhow, um, here's the thing. When you grip the bar strongly, you are going to activate the central nervous system a little better, and you are going to have many times better recruitment patterns. And they've actually demonstrated that when guys use things like uh, wrist wraps, where you know, you're know you using something to help you hold on to the bar, that it does cause some slight changes in muscle recruitment patterns all the way up in the shoulder. So what ends up happening is, uh, and like we've talked about many times in the show, your strength gains tend to be pretty specific to the type of training that you do. In other mm-hmm. words, if I train within a particular range of motion, most of the strength I'm going to gain is going to be within that particular range of motion. Well, if every time I curl a bar or lift a bar, I'm using a weak grip or a partial grip or whatever, not that means that that strength isn't going to translate that well to the real world when I'm exactly. trying to lift something and I have to grip the shit yeah, out of it. Go grab something that's a you know a different type of an object in the real world and see how you do that without wrist wraps. Exactly, or, or you know try lifting a couch with uh, you know just your fingertips or just trying to isolate the bicep. So that's number one. Number two, do you build more muscle? When you're using these weird grips that, you know, Stepani's teaching or whatever, no, you don't build more muscle. You build more muscle when you activate your central nervous system better. So have a good, strong grip on the bar. Um, Having a good, strong grip, I should say, is going to probably contribute to better strength gains. Now, as far as fat grips are concerned uh, or fat bars, Mm. all that's doing is it's changing the circumference of the bar. So it's training that isometric strength within a, a, a in a different range of motion or a different it's challenging position. it further you know, correct especially with the hand and, and positioning of that so I mean if anything it's just a, a good alternative uh, you could still grip it hard you know but like it, it gets you accustomed to a different type of a uh, you know a grip so I, I tell you what uh, probably one of the most undertrained things in the gym aside from uh, calves. You don't see. You see a lot of people skipping on calves, legs. You start to see people working legs now, but uh, you see the grip. Grip strength is sorely lacking um, in a lot of people that lift weights, and it's because they use these aids that help them grip the bar. And the reality is, the truth is, look, our bodies evolve to have very strong hands, and your hands, if you train them properly and don't use these aids uh, with your lifting. They will match your the rest of your body um, in terms of your your back strength and pulling strength and all that. Well, kind you know, it's interesting, kind of along along this topic. I remember talking to one of my buddies, Neil, about this, and he's a big rock climber, and uh, he's working with these power lifters and these guys that you know are putting up a lot of weight. But uh, you know, he had him going through just some basic like 
grip and, 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 and like rock climbing type uh, movements where they're gripping on to different things. They're really challenging their finger strength even, you know, and, and getting a different uh, recruitment pattern through all these various types of challenging grips and saw like great result from that, that translated into their lifts as a result. I love changing uh, my grips. I, uh, I, I, I use chalk. That's about the only grip aid that I'll use. Um, I love things like fat grips. I've never used fat grips themselves, but I, I did train for a long time with uh, fat bars, which have you know a bigger circumference. And what I would do is every you know every other workout when I do a curl or a skull crusher, overhead tricep extension or whatever, I would use these fat bars to train my hands to be stronger in different positions. And that's just it. Uh, even if you don't use something like wrist straps all the time, and you and you do have a strong grip and you can pull you know heavy weight with your hands. Your hands will get really strong and and get will get adapted to that circumference of the bar. So changing the circumference of the bar will strengthen your hand in different positions. Um, another technique that I like to use to strengthen my grip, and I used to do this a lot more when I was grappling a lot, was I would use towels. So I'd like hang a towel over a bar and I grip the towel and then I do pull ups like mm-hmm. that. And you want to talk mm-hmm. about a hand workout? Yeah, man, that rips your hands uh, up quite a bit. Yeah, because you have to keep that grip tight. Yeah, have you guys seen those? Uh, there, I seen them at Golds. I think Golds has these now, where you could do pull ups and they look like knobs. Mm-hmm. They don't look like, like the rock climbing ones. Yeah, they also have the rock climb. You can bring your fingers over, so it's a little more focused on that, like a rock climber type of a grip. Yep, I'll use those. I'll use those too. I'll throw those in my workout all the time, and I haven't suffered any like loss of muscle in my bicep or back. I mean, you can get a little more creative with this too. And I, you know, this is where I kind of look at it as accessory sort of stuff, like with the kettlebells as well, where we do like a flipped upside down uh, kettlebell press and stuff like that. But like just stabilizing the weight, like that's really challenging. So you could do stuff like I'll do with, um, where, where you'll see me doing like carries, uh, with it, but now I'm doing it with a flipped up position or I'm I'm pressing it, so that's challenging in itself. Have you tried that, Adam? Have you tried pressing a kettlebell upside down? Uh, I have. Um, it's, Super it, hard. It is challenging. I have a pretty decent grip. I think um, this is my take on them. I don't use fat grips. Every once in a blue moon, I will do a uh, like a fat bar deadlift or um, trap bar deadlift with a shrug. I'll use the fat bar every once in a while. Um, but to be honest with you here, it it really depends on your goal, right? Like if you really care about having a super strong grip and that's a priority for you, then, uh, those things can help assist it. And I think it's important. Uh, personally, I can grab onto fucking 540 pounds barehanded and pull a deadlift off the ground. So for me, I don't need my grip to be any stronger than that. If I can hold on to a, hold on to a bar and pull it off the ground that much weight, now, I know a lot of people who they hit the 300 pounds, they can't even hold on to the bar. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's like this, where your grip strength is hindering your you from going up in your deadlift, then I absolutely could see that this could be a priority for you or something that you might want to incorporate. But I, for me, I think just barehanded grabbing a, a deadlift bar and continuing to do that, uh, your grip strength will kind of naturally come right with it as you start to progress in your deadlift. I could see people needing to train their grip who've uh, always used wrist straps, and then all of a sudden they take them off, and it's like, oh shit, I noticed right. this deficit. Which, you know, I, I, I wrist wrapped a lot, but I, I, I did a lot, but then at the same time I did a lot without. So I was probably 50-50 um, with wrist wraps in the past. Now I'm rarely ever. If I'm ever doing something with my wrist wrap, I have an intention that I'm, uh, there's a reason why I'm doing that specifically. Um, or 
I'm messing with my recruitment pattern that's going on in my back. And so I want both overhand gripped when I'm doing a deadlift or a row or some, for some reason like that. Other than that, I'm always barehanded now on, on a deadlift or any big heavy movement. So that to me, uh, that's the only reason why I would, it, would I use fat grips is if I felt like it was hindering my big lifts. If my grip strength was keeping me from doing pull-ups, if it was keeping me from, uh, doing something like that, cause the better time spent, uh, would be deadlifting or doing things like that that are going to bring up overall. Strength. Yeah, this is definitely in addition to. Yeah, it doesn't replace exactly. Stuff, and, but, and, no. and I always like to bring that up because I feel like this is what happens in the fitness industry is like a cool tool like that comes out, right? Fat grips come out and it's brilliant. They got brilliant marketing behind it, and there's some truth and science behind it that it's it can help strengthen your grip and and yes, like Sal said, grip is very important to activate that central nervous system so you and it's a good representation of how strong you are but you may not be lagging there you may that may not be something that's a huge detriment are you if you can like i said if you can pull if you can deadlift and you don't have a problem with the whole grip isn't your limiting yeah factor. if your grip is not your limiting factor then to me it's not it's not a, a it's i'm doing other things that i they're going to bring my physique up or my body up and strength up more well i want to say this too um in training your grip if you're doing grip if you're doing holds and isometric type training the biggest mistake i see people doing is that they train uh, their grip to failure which you'll actually get negative results. You'll mm-hmm. see your grip start to weaken. Train your hands and your grip like you train anything else. So if I'm, if I pick up a pair of 120 pound dumbbells and I'm holding them for time, and I'm gonna stop uh, about 15 15 seconds before I think I'll drop the dumbbell. Mm-hmm. That's how you do your sets. You don't do your. You want frequency too. Like I can do this pretty frequently, and the more frequently I train them, the less intense I train them. The grip really responds well to frequency but again modify your intensity if you go too hard on your grip you're going to end up frying yourself and then the next time you work out you'll notice you can't even hold on to a cable row well and this goes back to you know we talked about i just did a post recently on farmer walks you know so doing a movement like that to me that has so many more carryovers and and on top of that, it's going to improve your grip. So I'm going yeah. to gra- I'm going to grab some heavy dumbbells, or if you have it reinforces good posture too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I mean, to me, if I if I'm going to do like putting fat grips on like dumbbell bicep curls, or putting fat grips on a bench press, right, or that is silly. Yeah, to, it's just like you know, why you know what I'm saying. Unless it was a major limiting factor, or I'm in a sport where I'm rock climbing. If I'm doing something where that really matters, but if you're just the 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 average gym goer who's trying to improve their physique, improve their strength. Unless my grip is like a total thing that is holding me back from progressing somewhere, I'm not even going to fucking worry about it. I'm going to do things, like I said, farmer walks and deadlifting barehanded and, and bring it right up. So that's my two cents. Sarah Fitzsimmons, how do you find a good trainer? What are the red flags to look for? Hmm. We've, we've been asked a, this before. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about yeah. Red flags. First one is if they don't listen to Mind Pump, that's probably the first one. Yeah, so you don't want to hire them at all. Straight up ask them that. Yeah, next question. <laughs> I, I, I say, you know, red flags, um, unprofessionalism. Uh, if you, you, When you meet your trainer, they should come across as very serious. and Not serious in the sense that they're boring, but very like they take their job seriously and they're passionate about what they're doing. That's an easy one. Uh, if they don't do an assessment... I was say that's the one you normally say first. Yeah, if they don't important. do an assessment and they're not asking you lots of questions and listening to, you know, what you what you want out of fitness, what your goals are, you know, if they're not asking you questions about your history with exercise, you know, injury history, pain, 
Uh, if they're not, uh, you know, doing assessment in terms of assessing how you move, they're not looking at your squat, your your overhead press. They're not looking at your posture. If they're not doing any of that stuff and they just take you into a workout, that is a huge red flag. Or if they do all the talking and they don't listen to any of your contributions. I see this all the time. Uh, you know, the presentation and and. You know, sometimes I don't I don't blame the trainer for getting too like into it as far as like trying to overeducate you right away, but like they need to they need to slow down and listen to your needs and figure that out. Especially the assessment will help to reveal a lot of those things. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I mean, imagine bringing your car to a mechanic, and the mechanic doesn't even ask you what's wrong with your car, right. doesn't do diagnostics. Like, this they're is just, what I do. They're These just are my charges. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna change your tires. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're going there for something completely. That's different. such a great analogy, though. It, when you think about it, like that's so true. The body, the body is. We make that analogy all the time that it's like a car and all the different things that are going on with it, and the importance of every little thing being tuned up. For the car to run correctly, yeah, exercise and if it was is proper. Bro- if it's, and if you're looking for a trainer, your car is somewhat broke down, right? It's not running optimally, and if your trainer yeah. just takes you out on the floor and decides to fucking run laps with you before, <laughs> without ever f- testing and finding out where you're at, I think that's a great that's a great point. You know, if they also if they uh, if they gauge their the success of the workout based off of uh, how sore you are, mm-hmm. you know, or that's their 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 goal is to how hard they can make you work out. And and some of this is the client's fault. Like some clients think that that's what they're looking for. They, they think they see, and I see this a lot because of obviously all the years that we were in the gym and I'd have trainers for me and they, they'd be watching a, a client would be the average person just, you know, at watches somebody for three months before they decide to hire a trainer. So, you know, clients are always, you know, watching these trainers and deciding like if they're going to hire them or not. And a lot of them. Yeah. Watch their body language with their clients. That uh, yeah. says a lot. A lot of them would come up to me and be like, Hey, you know, I, I watched this Justin trainer and he looks really good and I want to, I want to train with him. And you know, He's got I, great glutes. And then I start asking them questions like what they're this or that. And a lot of times their reasoning behind getting a trainer is not like the educational piece or the learning piece. It's more like I need someone to kick my ass. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need I need to take my workouts to the next level. So I need someone to kick my ass. And they think that that's what they're hiring a personal trainer to is to push them to a level that they couldn't push themselves to. And unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of trainers had, have fallen into that trap. And it's turned into this competitive thing of who gets their client more sore or who has the craziest workouts. Yeah, I mean, if you if you train with a trainer for the first session, and by the way, most good trainers will, will give you uh, an assessment slash free session first so you can kind of test them out. Um, but if you do that first workout and then you're sore for three days afterwards, they probably are not a good trainer. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't even feel sore really at all after your first session because that first session... That trainer doesn't know much about you. Like I, I don't train clients that intensely until I really know their body, until I've done the assessment, until I've already trained them for a little while, and I've learned what the appropriate intensity is. Very rarely or never will I take a client and right off the bat, like, oh, good, I'm going to take you through a hard workout. Even if they look fit, even if they've been consistent with their workouts, you don't really know someone until you've trained them a few times. And so if you work with that trainer and, you're, and you get blasted, uh, that is a trainer that thinks that hammering people is the way to train people, mm-hmm. which is completely uh, wrong. Now, in in nothing, you, you didn't hear us say at all, look at their education. Right. You didn't hear that at all because uh, I'm assuming that if they're working at a gym and they're a trainer, they're probably already certified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I, I see very – I don't see a huge difference between – 
trainers with huge education and those with some education, I see the difference in experience and how they apply that. Well, once you get past all that and like you know they're educated, you know that uh, what they've done in the past with their clients is good, and you know they have a good reputation, and you know the way they present the information and all that is good. Now you kind of kind of assess like, can I vibe with this person? Is this like, are they going to be able? Good point. I, you know, there, there's an energy factor there. Like I actually, you know, and we kind of both went through this a lot, Sal, recently with. Uh, uh, kind of taking some of our clients and then, you know, having them keep continuing their, their work with another trainer. And so I had to kind of think about these things, like who would match well with a certain personality. And, uh, because you're thinking long-term, mm -hmm. you know, you're not thinking about, okay, this is going to be like a month of like grinding it out and we'll get you good quality results, whatever. No, it's like, this person's pretty chill and like he's got a good head on his shoulders, you know, but he, he does a lot of very cool things with his clients that, you know, it, it, it's he, he takes a lot more time on the on the technique and the form, and he really dives into that and gets really meticulous. And that versus might match somebody, yeah. yeah, versus somebody that's looking for more of the uh, you know macro kind of workout where everything is like you know like a little bit more high energy and, and well, they're getting their butt kicked a little bit. That, that's a very good point. Uh, some of this falls back on you as the client and knowing what you're looking for, right? Because yeah. uh, uh, unfortunately, you can't, it's hard to find, you're not going to find a Sal and Justin everywhere, right? It's, it, you just, it's rare. It's rare to come around someone who is that well-rounded, that experienced, that educated, that funny, that good looking, that fit, all those things. Keep going, keep <laughs> going. <laughs> it is, it's, it's rare. So, you know, and a lot of trainers tend to have specialties, you know, something that store strengths, you know, that they're really good with the nutrition piece or they're really good with, you know, mobility and flexibility. They're really good with strength training or, you know, biomechanics. Like, so really uh, assessing yourself and understanding where you lack the most knowledge and where you think you could use the most help and being okay with just directly asking that and looking for that trainer. So, you know, let's say you, because I don't know, I don't know Sarah well enough to know her past fitness knowledge, but maybe you feel really confident in the gym, like you, as far as your mechanics, you have good form, maybe you were an athlete, you've been training for a long time. So, you know, mechanics aren't like something you need somebody to be critiquing you. You got good form already. You've never been injured. You feel solid about that, but you don't know maybe know much about program design and you don't know how to organize the exercises and the importance of how they should go and, and, you know, separating them for rest and things like that. So, you know, maybe you know, you need that, or maybe you're just completely lost when it comes to nutrition and, and you feel like, okay, I need somebody who really, really un understands nutrition. So I'm going to be asking those type of questions. And you're going to know when you start asking questions about nutrition, if the trainer mm -hmm. knows what they're talking about or not, because if they're looking back at you like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, you try and want to find like their passion, like, mm -hmm. like what, what they're really passionate about. Cause there are trainers that specifically are passionate about nutrition or cooking stuff for their clients or getting them into that sort of mentality versus, you know, or somebody that likes to go outside and do cardiovascular stuff with you, you know, and that might vibe with you. The bottom line is this, a good trainer will make you feel better, not feel worse. Okay. Notice there I didn't is. say, We'll make you lose weight. We'll make you build muscle. We'll make you perform. You know, that sounds strong. a little arbitrary, don't you? Well, think? no, it's not because here's the thing: uh, a lot of the weight loss you're going to get has to do with you, not your trainer. It's your diet, uh, strength gain. Definitely, there's program design and training and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, how do you feel after your workout? Are you feeling healthier? Do you feel more energy? Do you feel stronger? 
do you feel good? Because I see a lot of people train with trainers who beat them up and the scale's going down and everything, but they feel shit. They feel tired. They feel beat up. They start to dread coming in to work out. Well, I they start like- to cancel the workouts because, oh, you know, my shoulder's a little sore. I'm going to miss my workout today because he's going to beat me up, you know, versus I'm going to call my trainer and see if I can meet with them because my shoulder hurts and you they know can fix it. You my favorite thing is every time Sal says feel, he kind of shrugs up. He goes, feel. <laughs> it's my favorite. You can't see it because well, it's on the radio. I, kinda, <laughs> I, I feel like that's... Uh, it's a little too vague for me because I I think most people when you go from eating like shit and not working out to hiring a trainer eating better and working out even if it's not the best way or appro- appropriately it's still better than how you felt maybe I, I, you know, so I don't I mean I don't right. find I don't find that as a, a, a huge red yeah but you're right I think you're right as far as like if you feel like shit that's definitely a good well how many times have you gotten a client let me ask you this how many times have you had a client that or or witness the client work with someone and after about two or three months of training with them you they you could they just don't feel good you could tell they're wore they're down be- and yeah well yeah okay so i agree with you that it's it's a red flag if you feel yeah, that's like, huge but to me that, that's a common one unfortunately that, uh, yeah you're right yeah mm-hmm. but i i think there's other things too that are you know you got to look out for too that that that's not the only indicator is that oh you know sure. just because you've because you to me i feel like you could be feeling good and thinking you're on the right track with this guy or girl and you're really not you well that's know? a good point you could just be better off than you were yeah exactly. but not yeah. where you could be because if you get a client who like i said is eating shitty food is not training and then all of a sudden they get a trainer even the trainer's not a good trainer and he's kicking their butt in the gym. Yeah, they're having a hard time in the gym. But when they leave, they're like, wow, my energy's up. I feel like I'm sleeping better. I feel stronger. These are all things that could happen and not have great programming. I have a trainer who knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, So, you know, there's other indications besides that. I think that Sal's right if you feel like shit. But to me, I feel like that's kind of obvious, right? If you don't, because working out should be a good thing. You should feel good. You should leave the gym and feel like, oh, I feel good. You should feel increased energy levels you should be sleeping better you shouldn't feel miserable you know so to me that's obvious it's the other ones that are tough and you know i think uh, a lot of that it's it's a, it's a relationship right so think of it like that this is a relationship you are getting into a relationship with a trainer just like you were to L- get a- literally you're going to see this person yeah. for years for two hours a week maybe uh, devoted time to that person. So it's a relationship. So just like a, any other relationship, you know, I think it's important before anybody dates or anybody, you know, gets with another person that you need to learn about yourself. And believe it or not, that's a huge issue with most relationships out there. Is most motherfuckers don't know themselves well enough, and then they put themselves in a relationship with someone they have no business with. So learning what you really need and figuring out what it is you're looking for, I think should be your priority one. Then when you feel confident that, Hey, I know what I need. I know what I'm looking for. Then you go out and you look for it. So don't just don't bang the first one you run into, you know? (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? I'm like trying to have a comeback to that. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to let that one go. Moving along, Douglas. All right. Justice 2555 is asking about training for performance while building a physique. So So this is cool because somewhere along the lines, people thought, you know, confused performing better. Me, you know, like, okay, you can perform better, but you're not going to look as good, or you can train to look a certain way, but you're not going to perform as good. And they all forgot about Bo Jackson. They, exactly. <laughs> that was a fucking brick house. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'm going to use myself as an example. <laughs> I've recently been training much more for performance than ever before, and not just strength. I've always trained for strength, 
but I'm doing a lot a lot of different stuff. I'm doing a lot of the, you know, I work out. Now we go to a gym that's got turf. So I'm doing a lot of sled pushes and pulls and, you know, tire work. And I'm doing a lot more kettlebell work and kettlebell holds and walking while doing certain holds. I'm doing more explosive type movement. I've eliminated my weight belt, my, you know, I don't wear squat shoes anymore. I'm working on mobility. And number one, my performance has gone through the roof. I feel better. I can move better. Uh, I feel more like an athlete. My strength is good. Everything's great. On the other side of it, I look, my body is looking really fucking good. Like I, I, I notice improvements in it. I haven't seen any decline at all. If anything, like I said, I feel like I'm looking better. And in fact, um, it's actually easier for me to stay lean training this way, even though I'm doing far less cardio than I did before. I'm not doing the steady state cardio I was doing before. I'm doing more of the interval stuff and doing some of those other, you know, workouts. And it's- well, I feel like you know, being kind of in the corner of the camp of the athlete uh, for so long that the mentality there is like, you know, it, it's it's so performance driven, but as a result you look better like th- this is one of those things you kind of go back and you reflect and you're like damn dude look at my body you know in that phase of, of training that i was doing you know a long time ago and i just remember like my the, the best my body ever looked was when i was like heavy into like just performance training and and uh you know just time day in and day out like really being explosive and uh, i mean it really transformed my body and uh you know so there's something to be said for that but then also taking that element and then focusing a little bit more on the aesthetic hey you know what i'm gonna defer this to adam because he made a great point the other day when we were we were i don't remember what we were doing then we were walking somewhere whatever and you were talking about how um you've been having like pain in your some of your joints because you had focused so much on barbell performance strength work right Mm -hmm. and you had kind of moved away from some of the bodybuilding kind of stuff you know done properly um and now you're noticing your joints are are are, are talking to you a little bit you can kind of go over that a little bit yeah you know this is uh and this is definitely my wheelhouse because i'm i'm this is if you were to take um and dissect like what maps or what program i'm running right now uh it would be like if uh maps black and maps green had a baby um so if adam and justin had a baby yeah that's kind of what what how i train butt sex on a pretty (laughs) regular basis and for a while there probably would have to happen when i got done with competing i was very heavy into maps anabolic i was doing a lot of red and i and a lot of that was because i was chasing prs i was getting competitive with sal i was really getting into my heavy deadlift and squatting and a lot of barbell and overhead pressing a lot a lot of barbell movements and i got rid of a lot of my uh you know maps black aesthetic type training and got rid of or bodybuilder-ish type of movements and i suffered um you know i started to get a lot of imbalances you know when you when you move when you move weight on a barbell uh, it's it's not always the natural pathway that your joint wants to move. And so it started to create deviations because of how much of it I was doing and how little of everything else I was. This so, just always points to the fact that you get it, you know, you got to train in multiple phase, modalities. Yeah, diversify. So even it, us, we even get stuck in shit because yes, we start to yeah, like it so much, right? Sure. So that being said, like, okay, so training for performance or building a physique. First, this is how I how I uh, attack my programming or how, how I look at my lifts right now is whatever my current priority of adaptation is, is is the is the bulk or the meat of this. So if if I care more about aesthetics, which I tend to because that's my world, 
I'm going to have maps black as the the foundation of what I'm doing, but I'm going to integrate uh, maps mobility or maps green into my black. And, and the way I do that is it's my focus and my mobility sessions are kind of blended together. So I still have them. It's so funny you're saying this right now. Why? Because that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, is it? That's exactly how I've been doing it. I've yeah. been doing focus mobility sessions, basically. Yep. And and I love um, I love it. And this is probably how I, I train the most consistently like this. And, and it, to me... Um, when I, when I stop one or the other, I can tell a di- I, one definitely falls off if I become so performance. And this is why I think, I know the boys just said like, you know, they took care of telling you that, you know, you can be performance driven and look fucking good. You know, it's just bottom line. You can be total athlete guy and have a good looking physique, but it isn't the same adaptation process. If you're solely focused on aesthetics, like, like I do. So there is there is a give and take a little bit still, you know, you still, you know, if you compared a guy who all he did was train like an athlete and performance based and you compared him to someone like me who's like training for a show, well, I'm going to bring a better looking physique to the stage every fucking time mm-hmm. because I'm training that way. That being said, you know, when you decide whatever one it is more of a priority, I, I think that still becomes a majority of what you're doing, but then you learn to integrate. So if you're now in the flip, if you're a performance guy, so you're an athlete, but you're also wanting to do aesthetics, I would do the reverse of that. You know, maps mobility, maps green is going to be kind of a priority for me, and then I'm going to integrate some of the... Focus well, sessions. Well, is, I'll tell you what. Which is probably what I would assume. Probably I'm, I've am i been doing that, actually. I was going to yeah. say, that's probably... Yeah. Justin is probably the you flip. You see me, the only time you'll see me do curls would be like on a focus session day or something like that. Right. Know? Yeah. yeah. I, I'll, I'll go this far even. So let's say you're an athlete and in... You're off season, and in three months, four months, you want to perform your sport really well. Well, then you do maps performance. You just follow it 100%. Let's say you're a person that wants to look super good for the beach, or you're going to be on a stage uh, in three months or whatever. Then you do maps performance. Uh, excuse me, maps uh, uh, aesthetic. aesthetic or maps black. Now, uh, I have another thing proposed to you. Let's say you're like the average listener. I do. Let's say you're the average person who just always wants to look good and perform good and wants longevity, wants to feel good, look good, and continue to improve on all parameters for most of their life or for as long as they possibly can. Then your best bet, no matter what, I don't give a shit what your goal is, your best bet is to change your to change your focus to go from a MAPS aesthetic to a MAPS performance to back to aesthetic or maybe even a MAPS anabolic. That's probably at the end of the day. If we were to compare long term, if I was to take, if I was to take Adam and compare him to his twin brother, and take them over three year period, and have one guy who just focused on aesthetic and one guy who's alternated, in the short term they might have less of the aesthetic results over three months or four month period, but over one, two, three years, I bet you the guy that did. They're moving around oh, would perform better and look better. Hundred percent, you would have all of it. Hundred percent, you're right, right there. And that's the hardest part about answering a question like this because I don't know what justice is like. If he's got he or she, I don't know if it's a he or she. If, if they have a specific thing within the next three months in mind, or they're just saying, saying this in, in general. Yeah. If you're saying this in general, the best thing you could possibly do is to to phase through all the programs, right? You're, that person is going to get the the most overall benefits over a long period of time, and maybe all you would do is, you know, revisit the one that's more of a priority than the rest of them, right? So if right, one's going to stand out. You're, you're going to see a, your body respond a bit, like if you haven't done mobility in like ever, you know, which is a pretty high majority of people that listen, you know, that's going to 
that's going to look like something, uh oh, I got to incorporate this a lot more going forward, even in the other programs. However, you know, vice versa, somebody's always in performance, you know, and they're doing these other lifts that stand out, you know, that those are the kinds of things you need to pay attention to. Well, well this- I mean, you can see in my body, I mean, recently you can see the changes in my body, um, you know, over the last, just the last month from incorporating more of the mobility stuff and kind of mixing it a little, you know, and luckily I'm a, I'm a really good trainer. Uh, I know how to program well so I can take things and modify them to my body. Um, and I can see the change. I can definitely feel the change. I can definitely perform differently and better, but I can even see the difference. And it's pretty mind-blowing. I'll tell you what, uh, if you're looking for that type of long-term success, um, then it's not about doing one thing. It's about doing everything and allowing your body to progress um, in each of these parameters. And that's what's going to give you that longevity um, and give you the body that looks the best at the same time. So uh, the best thing for that is our, you know, our RGB bundle, which we still have, right? Yeah, Mind, yeah. Mindpumpmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Another shameless plug. Love Good it. Go through the sale. process, You're baby. Welcome. I've always got to be the asshole salesman. Don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike Lunares is asking, what's up with all the people wearing mouthpieces? Hey, that's my boy Mikey. From Is that from, uh, from OTF, right? That's right. Orange yeah. Theory. Good yeah. guy. Give him a like, are we talking about like grills, you know, like what they used to do with the gold teeth? And no, this is, a, you, this is... Uh, These are like the ones that they, like it's like literally in your mouth uh, and you, you bite on it while you lift weights or... It puts your your what? jaw in a particular so position. You know, you don't know about this, Justin? No, man. Oh wow, this I is okay. It's really popular, and it's even it's more popular now uh, for this. It's a uh, some dentist, I'm sure. No, no, this. no, 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 no. It's 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 in the same bag as the guy who brings the the mask, right? The same guy who wears the elevation oh, mask. God. Here we go. It's from the MMA world, right? It's yeah. definitely. I mean, think about that from an MMA perspective. Because oh, it's harder to breathe. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you need to train. They, you got to train with the way you fight. Any of you guys, and I don't know if I think you guys have. I don't know if you guys have or not. I have. I've. Uh, you've boxed before. Uh, I'll never forget the very first time that I got into a ring and I started boxing. Like the hardest part was breathing with the mouthpiece, you keeping it in. Without yeah. Spitting it oh out. yeah. I was yeah. drooling all over myself, and I was like, <laughs> 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 I know. It's after so one, funny. Yeah. After one round, I was like, okay, I don't even. I don't even want to fight you with the mouthpiece because I feel like I'm so focused. <laughs> I'm gonna on, lose my teeth. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Um, it, it, it started from them, right? And that's and there's there's the science behind that. Is if you're a fighter and you got to wear a mouthpiece in in whatever you know um, type of fighting you're into, then it, it does have some serious well, frequency tra- is a good idea. Then you yeah. should train with your mouthpiece. Yes, in your mouth. excellent. Get used to breathing with it in. Yes, all the time. Um, the other piece of the science that would go with would be activating the central nervous system. Would be to bite down as hard as you possibly can on there. So if you got like a power lifter, maybe so somebody like you're doing heavy singles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you better be lifted. I mean, if you have a mouthpiece, if you have a mouthpiece in there and you're doing cable chest flies and you're not a power lifter and you're not an MMA fighter, you're a douchebag. Yeah, you're... That's, I mean, just, well, I'm just going to come out there you're and You're a, a shreds rep. Yeah, because it, it has its place. Probably. It has its place. And Allegedly. For sure, guys, uh, for sure can can do it and should do it if you, if you are trying to train that uh, for your fighting or something like yeah. that, or if you're a now, no, you know, aside from that, I can see another use for this. Oh, what else? You know, uh, when you lift weights, a lot of guys, a lot of people grind their teeth or, or bite down hard in mm-hmm. a, in an unnatural way. And you can cause problems in your jaw. You can develop issues like well, TMJ. This is why I brought up the dentist. Because there you go. Yeah, he's the same one that like told me that. Because I, I'm already a teeth grinder. Mm. You know, and I have to wear a mouthpiece when I go to sleep. But uh, he asked me, too, you lift heavy weights? And I'm like, I don't I don't like do that. I don't grip my teeth like that mm. and like clap 
clamp down like that. So. Yeah. Some people do though. Yeah. And you can develop problems in the through the jaw and a lot of times it'll show up and it won't be pain in your jaw. You won't even feel your jaw. You'll feel it in your neck. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll have headaches, Headache, yeah. dizziness. People will get dizziness from it sometimes. I've had clients who've gotten, uh, you know, worn mouthpieces when they sleep and stuff like that and then noticed that their vertigo, you know, went away because it's all kind of connected. So I can see that small minority of people needing it. But if you're just the average person lifting weights in the gym and you're not doing like heavy singles and you're not some MMA athlete, yeah. I don't know. I can think of a lot of better ways to spend, you know, five or ten bucks than on this piece of plastic in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, it's almost, it's, like I said, it's pretty close to the same as the Elevation Master. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, Elevation Master is worse. Yeah. yeah, it is worse, you're right. Well, it's, mm. like, it's like that, but you, I haven't seen any of those like breathe nose strips anymore ever since like people kind of debunked that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like, they yeah opening the airway. And all. There's always something. So here's the thing. Always some kind of accessory. As, like, soon oh. as, as soon as a fucking popular athlete, you know, wears yeah. a fucking bracelet or a necklace, like those stupid ones that baseball players are wearing, like, oh, it balances your energy. And <laughs> I see kids wearing it. What the, you know, it, oh, it makes me magnetics. pitch better. It's so stupid. You know what you're going to see now? You're going to see people with freaking go to get cupping now because have you seen the Olympics? All the swimmers yeah, getting cupping done. Right. Now, I'm not I'm not ragging on cupping. There is some evidence for certain things that it may help with. Again, we're splitting hairs, but you're going to see everyday people. <laughs> Keyword certain. Yeah, they're going to have kind gonna, of. They're going to be walking think. around with hickeys all over themselves now because yeah. they're going to go to a business meeting and they need to. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure I'm pissed off all the Chinese medicine people right now. <laughs> but right. my point is not that I'm talking shit about cupping necessarily, but it's just as soon as a pro athlete does something, everybody wants to start doing Which it. Which is, so, like I said, with the mouthpiece. It's, it does it, kind of look like Adam's penis pump. At, at, let's be honest, those cupping things. Yeah. But speaking of that, can you return that to me, please? I'm sorry, I, I needed it. <laughs> I had a big yeah. weekend. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review. You might win a free t shirt. Also, do not forget to check out our brand new, awesome YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV, and the program we talked about earlier, the, earlier, the RGB bundle that's red, green, and black, nine months of exercise programming. You can find it at mindpumpmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>